Hey church, how you doing today? Is everybody having a good day today? Come on. Come on, you could do better than that. Let's give God a great big hand this morning. Come on. He is a really, really good, good God. Amen. How many of you are doing better now than when you came in? How many of you are hoping to do better in the next 45 minutes? Come on. Come on. I believe God has something specific for everybody in this room right now. As a matter of fact, I believe God is going to speak clearly to you, encourage you through his word. How many of y'all need some encouragement today? God's going to encourage you. How many of y'all need strengthened in the word of God today? Come on. Come on. Yeah, that's why we're here. Come on, we are so excited about this whole Sunday school series we're in. I was thinking on the way in that um, many of these stories that we're covering on Sunday school, I, I never went to a traditional Sunday school. And so I, these are all like really cool stories. We're taking some traditional stories in the Bible that are traditionally done in Sunday school, and we're covering them for you. Now, how many of you out there did not, did not go to a traditional Sunday school like me? You're, yeah, good deal. So, so we're the ones that got ripped off. We didn't get snacks. And so how many of you know snacks are important? Okay, so on the way in today, you got, you got, you got a little, little bag. How many of y'all get a little snack today on your way in? Did everybody get a snack? Okay, because this is going to come. You're not allowed to eat it right now. Okay, we have to wait till snack time. Because at Sunday school, there's rules. We got rules. You don't talk out unless you say amen. Okay, unless you're really excited about Jesus, then you say hallelujah. Okay. Come on, that's what we do. So you're going to follow your directions. You're going to raise your hand when you speak. Or, you know, we're, we're going to have fun. But there's rules, okay? That's what, that's what it is. And now on the way in, you should have got your doodle sheet. How many of you got your doodle sheet? Okay, come on. Come on, you got to take notes. Come on, you got to take notes. And you got to draw a little picture on the side of what the message is about. Then you go home and you hang it on your refrigerator. How many of y'all got one of these hanging on your refrigerator? Oh, man, you're... Nobody got one of these hanging on your refrigerator. Come on. Come on. You're going to take notes here. You're going to, you're going to take some notes. You're going to draw a picture this morning. Okay? Come on. You're, you're going to want to follow along because that's what Sunday school is really, really all about. And we're going, to have, we're going to have fun throughout the process. As a matter of fact, the kids in kids ministry, they're doing the same, they're doing the same message. Somebody says, are the kids staying with us today? I says, no. I said, the person preaching back there is probably doing a better job than me. Okay. My wife's one of them. So I know that. Very good. But we're going to have fun today. And we're going to dive in. We're going to be talking about integrity. Integrity a little bit. I want to start you off with a verse. Before we get to Daniel chapter 3, before we get there, I want to read you a verse in Proverbs 27.7. Proverbs 27.7. The godly walk with integrity, and blessed are their children who follow them. The godly walk with integrity. And I want to tell you, if you're godly, you can walk with godly integrity here today. I'm telling you, how many of y'all live in the same world I do, that integrity, godly integrity is missing in our day and age? Do you live in my, do you live in my world? Come on, that's the truth. But I'm going to tell you, tell you this. So what is, what is integrity? In the Old Testament, integrity is completeness and perfection, soundness, uprightness. In the New Testament, it's honesty and adherence to a pattern of good works. Now, I heard this definition of integrity this week, and man, it really gripped my heart. Did you ever just hear something that's like, yes? And integrity is doing what we ought to, even if it costs you. How many of y'all, that's a good one. You do what you ought to do, even if it costs you. 
That is so good. Some people say that integrity is who you are when nobody else is around. That's what true integrity is. Now, now I want to point out something here. I'm not just talking about you can just live whatever truth you want. We're talking in context today about biblical integrity, according to the word of God. That's the integrity that, that, that we want to have. Do you know one of the best compliments my wife has ever given me, and, and I say this in all seriousness right now, the best compliment she, that she has ever given me, I know some of you probably think it's about my good looks, but it's not that. It's that I'm the same person everywhere I go. If I'm at church, if I'm at the store, if I'm playing tennis, wherever I am, I'm going to be the same person. That's the best compliment I could ever receive. But integrity is something we, godly integrity is something we have to fight for in our day and age. We got to fight for this. It was a while back, I was in a paint store, I was purchasing some paint, and, um, and it was close to our North Braddock campus, and our church was purchasing a lot of paint there. And so um, I walk in, and, and I thought the guy might know me, and, and I was going to purchase a couple gallons of paint, but it was for me personally. And he looked at me, and he said, do you want to put one of those gallons on the church account? And I thought, and I said, well, no, I, I don't want to do that. This is for me personally. He said, oh, Okay. And so I put him up there. He's ringing out. He goes, do you want to put this tab on the, on the church? You can pay for it, but then you won't have to pay taxes. And I said, no, sir, I don't want to do that. I said, no, no, this is for me personally. I said, we're going to do it right. And I stopped and I said, excuse me, sir. I said, I'm the pastor of the church up the hill here. And, 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 and he, goes, he goes, I know. He literally said, he says, I want to see what you would do. He said, I wanted to see what you would do. And I, and I, and I left there kind of like challenging, what, what's he doing? But I said, you know, thank God. Thank God I had godly integrity. I represented Jesus well that day. It's only by the grace of God I did that. Because how many of y'all get, how many get frustrated paying taxes? Yeah, wouldn't you like somebody says, hey, here's a couple of extra dollars. You don't have to pay taxes. See, there's a temptation, but you don't have to give in. You can live with godly integrity, and your children are blessed. Your children are blessed. Now, if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to go to Daniel chapter 3. We're going to be spending a lot of time there. And one of the things we always did with our kids, and, um, and I did, my son was with me early this morning. We were talking. And um, one of the things I said to them regularly and, um, was when they were leaving to go out, it was be true to who you are. Be true to who you are in Christ. We know who you are. The word of God's clear. So be true to who you are. But to do that, it takes a lot of work in today's day and age. It really does. It, 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 it is really difficult. But that's really some of the tensions that we're all trying to live out. What does it really mean to live godly in a chaotic, crazy world? And so that's really what we're talking about here. Now, every Sunday school message needs a memory verse, needs a memory verse, okay? So how many of y'all are getting tired? How many of y'all love the memory verses? Come on. Here we go. So can you see that here? Y'all see that? We're going to all say this out loud. Y'all ready? Here we go. Even if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us, Daniel 317. That's the word of God. That's our memory verse. You got to write that on your sheet. We're going to you're going to memorize that this week. That's what we're doing. So here's the big idea. Here's the big idea today. 
Every Christian, every Christian, every Christian can live with integrity, standing firm in these three areas. Every Christian can live with integrity when we stand firm in these three areas. When we stand firm in who we are in Christ, when we stand firm in the trials of fire, and when we stand firm believing for the greater reward. These three things. So this is the big idea here. So we're going to pick up the story in Daniel chapter 3, and it's about three younger Hebrew boys who were taken from Jerusalem 500 miles away through the desert to a place called Babylon. Babylon represents chaos, confusion. I believe that it represents the world in which we live. So they were taken from God's place into a, in, into a chaotic place, but it had a lot of prestige. It had a lot of glitz, a lot of glimmer, a lot of things to offer. It, had, um, it was very prosperous. Okay, so they, they didn't live in Jerusalem. They were taken there to be trained by the king, in this case, King Nebuchadnezzar at the time of the story we're reading here. And they were, they were trained in all, all the false gods and religion. How many of y'all know that we live in a very prosperous nation? And how many of y'all really enjoy a lot of that prosperity? Uh, it's okay to enjoy it. But how many of y'all know sometimes our prosperity owns us rather than we own in it? And so even in the midst of chaos, confusion, living in the world, we have to be sure if we're going to live with godly integrity, according to the word of God, that we don't give into the world and become more like the world here. So, so that even though we live in an awesome land full of opportunity and all of these things, we need to realize that we can still live godly in this crazy world. We really, really can you can do it. I know that you can do it. So here we go, Daniel chapter three. Every Christian can live with integrity. And the first one is, is standing firm, standing firm in who we are in Christ. So these three Hebrew boys, are, they have a special place. Um, they're, 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 serving, they're serving the king. They're like in, in basically politics here. And King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and nine feet wide. And he set it on the plain where Dora the Explorer was. I mean Dora, the plains of Dora there in the province of Babylon. I mean, could you imagine building a big statue to yourself? It, it's like, hey, look at me. Look at me. That's what he was saying. Everybody, look at me. I'm going to test your loyalty to me. That's what he was basically saying. This big high statue, you're going to put it out there. And, 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 and then it gets better. Then he sent messengers to everybody, everybody who worked for him, okay? Everybody who got a paycheck here and everybody who, was, who, was, who he had control over here and all of them. And they were going to have a dedication to, to the statue. And all these officials came and they stood and they were looking at how it was set up here, Okay, and then in verse four, they had this huge, huge orchestra and people from all races and nations and languages in verse four. Listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound, check out this orchestra. It is really cool. There's a horn and flute and a zither and a lyre and, 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 and a harp and pipes and other musical instruments and, and, and bow to the ground when you hear it. So when the music plays, you gotta bow down. Now, I, I know what most of those instruments are, but one of those instruments, they even had the zither. Did you ever know what a zither was? You can't say zither without trying to sound pompous. I don't know how, why. It's just, I, did anybody here play the zither? It's a lap harp. That's what it is. That's right. See, full of knowledge. You didn't know. 
Some you didn't want to know. A lap harp is kind of like a lap dog, but it has a use. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> yeah, so they had all these instruments, and they're doing all this stuff. And, 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 and when, it, when it plays, you've got to bow down. Verse 6, anyone who refuses to obey will be immediately thrown into the blazing furnace so that the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever the race, nation, language, bowed down to the ground to worship the gold statue. Some say there was 30,000 people here. Others say upwards to 300,000. All I know, it was a whole bunch of thousands of people. And when the music started, they all bowed down. They all said, oh, this is what the king wants? We're, we're subject to the king? So they, they literally bowed down. Now I want you to know, this, this is not a parable. This isn't just a story. This is an account of something that happened. Okay? So this is going on here. And so the music starts and they worship. But, but, but wait a minute. We got to stand firm in who we are in Christ. So in verse 8, some of the astrologers went to the king and they said, hey, king, long live the king. Um, you issued a decree that when all the music starts, verse 11, and the decree also states that those who refuse to obey okay, will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But these are these three Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's these three guys whom you put in charge, okay, they refuse to serve your gods. They, re they refuse. Now, there was a whole bunch of people taken from Jerusalem into Babylon. I can only wonder, I have no proof in the word, that I can only wonder, where was all the other people taken from Jerusalem to Babylon? Did they bow down? I know that's the book of Daniel. Where was Daniel? I mean, where was Daniel? These are good questions. And, and to be honest, I have no proof of where Daniel is. A lot of people have speculation that maybe the king knew Daniel wouldn't bow down. He sent him on a business trip. Um, he sent him to one of the provinces. That, but there's no account of him being here. But with Daniel, what we know in Daniel 6, I personally believe that he wasn't one of the ones who bowed down. Okay, that's my, my personal belief. But again, tension's in the word of God. Some things you can't absolutely prove for certain, but some things you, you kind of like, okay, we look at the bigger picture, try to, try to figure it out here, okay? And, the, and these guys pay no attention. Now, what's interesting here is, is that when they went from Jerusalem to Babylon, they changed their names. They changed their names. See, Hananiah, which means Jehovah is gracious, became Shadrach, the moon god. Yeah, the moon god. Mishael, which literally means one who belongs to God, was changed to Meshach, and it's one who is of the moon god. I mean, the Babylonians have something about nighttime. I'm just telling you right now, okay? But here is Azariah, which means Jehovah helps, was changed to Abednego, which is servant of Nebo, which was basically the god of writing and vegetation. So basically, with Azariah, which means Jehovah helps, they turned him into the god of the vegans. Talk, talk about emasculating a man. Come on here. I'm just telling you right now. Yeah. I go from Jehovah helps to now I'm in charge of the vegans. This is wonderful. Yeah, I'm the god of the vegans. Just a thought there. But what was so important is I wasn't to catch, it's just like what our world does. The world wants to squeeze us into its mold. The world wants us to, to change our identity and who we are in Christ. And the world is trying to change you and change me to look more like the world. And they changed the name which was significant. They changed the place they lived. They gave them all the best of everything so they could get a taste of it. 
Do you know this still happens in our day and age? In the average college and university, I, I, it, it's been said that within the, the first 72 hours of all colleges and universities, they have a significant goal to start reprogramming your children. No, it, it, this, is, this is true. They have a systematic way in which they want to reprogram our young people. When our daughter went to Point Park College, I talked to her about this. I said, I, I says, I says, Colby, I says, baby, when you go there, it's going to be 72 hours. They're going to start attacking your Christian faith. I was preparing her for that moment. Everything within me was preparing for that moment. And actually, she came home after day two, and this is what she told me. Dad, it didn't even take three days. Do you know that the col- their colleges and our universities and, and the, 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 sis- the political system that we're here, they have an agenda for the next generation. And what bothers me more than anything is sometimes their agenda is, is, is more powerful and clear than ours. And we're not just here to do cool little messages and songs in our children's ministry. We're here to raise a generation that fears and knows God. We're here because there's a generation at risk. And to the, and to the one who wins this is the one who, who, who gets to make heaven bigger and hell smaller. Do you see what's at stake here? The world is coming at every single one of us every single day. Have you passed any billboards lately? Ads, social media, these are the things that pull on us all the time, constantly pulling on us. Whether we realize it or not, it's pulling us into compromise, into these things, because the world wants to change us. But in, in James 4.4, 4, don't you know that friendship with the world is an enemy towards God? Come on, I don't want to be an enemy of God. But unfortunately, we go with little we. We, we don't bend in the big things, but we bend in the little. And eventually, if you bend in the little, you're going to bend in the large ones. See, I used to think I was only, I was 10 steps away from destruction. And then I got a revelation. I'm only one step away. Because as soon as you breach your godly integrity once, the second time comes easier. And the third becomes easier yet. And the fourth becomes justification. And, but as soon as you breach your godly integrity once, ouch, if you do it the second time, it becomes a pattern. Do you realize it only takes two times where you breach who you really are in Christ? And it becomes a pattern, a pattern to send you on the road of, of destruction. And we, that's why we need one another. We need brothers and sisters in Christ to help us live godly integrity. They help remind us who we really are in Christ. This is who you really are. And, 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 and even though, you know, when our kids were growing and they were struggling with who they are, I still to this day remind them who they are in Christ. This is who you really are. This is who you really are in Christ. This is who, what we, this, this, this is what, who God made you. This is what your name means. This is what your name will always mean. You're victorious. You're a leader. You have Christ-like joy. Listen, I'm going to keep speaking those things as long as I have breath. Why? Because the godly live with integrity and their children are blessed after them. And you're here today and you're saying, well, my kids aren't here. I don't have kids or my kids are grown. Well, then, then, then adopt some kids. 
maybe not literally, but spiritually. Start speaking life. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking we got doodle sheets and we got notes and they got the same ones there. Uh, who's who's going to kneel down on their level when they come out and they're, and they're running around here later? And say, what did you learn today? What was your memory verse? I got mine memorized. You got yours. <laughs> Let's do our memory verse together. And if we do it together, then we'll get fruit snacks. Because who doesn't like fruit snacks? Wait, there's fruit snacks? <laughs> I brought some. <laughs> come on. See what I'm saying? Like, like This is what's at stake. It's the word of God. And so how do we stand firm? Up to peer pressure. We gotta stand up to peer pressure. We gotta stand up in our biblical convictions. We gotta stand up to worship. And you say, well, worship, but that's not just singing. Worship is I am not gonna worship my work. I'm not gonna worship my car or my house or my golf score. I'm not gonna worship having the right kind of drapes in my house and, the, and, the, and, 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 all the, and all the stuff that matches. I'm not going to bow down to that stuff. We're going to live for what matters. That was your time. <laughs> I can't remember what I said. We're not going to bow down to all that stuff. We're going we're gonna to worship what matters, and his name is Jesus. Yeah. Y'all are going to get a snack soon. Come on. Yeah, come on. Listen, in, in, in our worship, and because there's no room for compromise. That's it. There's no room here. See, we say that, oh, I'm just going to do a little bit, just a little bit of compromise. Just, just a little bit. Like, what if I came home one day and I, and I told Nally, I said, hey, babe, I got a revelation. I'm just going to do a little bit of compromise. I'm not going to touch, but I'm just going to look. How long do you think I would be standing? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be, that would not be good. But all of us play this little game with God. Just a little. Just one more day. Just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And a little bit of this and we lose our integrity. We lose who we really are. Are you with me? These are the things I'm talking about, godly integrity. I want to live with honesty and integrity and be true to God. And I want to tell you today, just because you screwed up yesterday, you can live for God today and tomorrow. Hey, just because you screwed up, that does not have to be the end of the story. That's just a chapter. And why don't we live this week? Why don't we live this week? As if it's a chapter that we want to be in the book of our lives, telling God's story with our lives and according to godly integrity. See, when it comes to godly integrity, let's start living our lives that we don't want any chapters that we don't want the next generation to read. That's what godly integrity is. Not saying, oh, 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 you don't want to read those couple chapters about July 2022. Oh, don't read those. They're not so good. I don't want that to be your story. I don't want that to be mine. But what happens is day by day, step by step, that means I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to live for him. Are you with me now? Is that making sense to you? See, I'm, I'm going to live according to who I am in Christ and according to what the Word of God states about me. Are you with me? And this is why. This is why every Christian can live with integrity. When we stand firm in these three ways, the first one was know who we are in Christ. And number two, number two, we got to stand firm in the trials of fire. Stand firm in the trials of fire. 
So verse 13, back to the story. Then Nebuchadnezzar, what did he do? He saw what happened. They told him what happened about these three little Hebrew boys. And he was like, he flew into a rage. When you live for Jesus Christ, you can tell who wants you to bow down to their false gods by those who fly into a rage. Every time. You watch people fly into a rage. This is a picture of what happens in our culture right now. It is amazing to me. It is amazing to me. In just one simple area, one simple area of life called pro-life. You just simply mention why you believe. Simple, quiet, not arguing. Why you believe that killing innocent babies is not good. It's amazing how people fly into a rage. And they want to call you names that are not to be repeated in church. No, I'm seriously, this is, I'm, I'm being honest. This is what happens. Well, you hate people. I hate people. I love people. Well, if, you, if, you, if you're not for this, you, and, and people want us to accept sinful acts. And then you know when I look at people sometimes, and I have real conversations, just like I'm talking to you right now. And I say, and they say, well, you need to accept this. I'm saying, why is my acceptance to your sin so important? Why, why do you want my acceptance to your sinful actions, and why is that so important to you? Something's not wrong with me, just maybe it's wrong with you. Because I know who I am in Christ, and I know the trials and challenges that we have to live godly in this crazy world. Just a little bit of this. Look, but don't touch. A little bit of, you can do whatever you want. You can do this, you can do that. I'm so glad that for decades now I've belonged to a church that believes in godly integrity. So Nebuchadnezzar ordered. They were brought in. He gives them another chance. He says, okay, guys, one more chance. I'm going to play the music again. I have a recording on my phone. And he says, you've got one more chance to bow down. But they don't bow down. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Wow. I say this all the time, I say it to you, that faith is not faith until you believe God for something. You pray, you fast, you believe God, and you don't get it, but you can still trust him anyhow. Because I know, just like we sang this morning, he's a good God. Now, when we talk about suffering, I want to be really honest. I, I did a, a, some soul searching this week, and... Um, I honestly can say I've never really suffered for Jesus. I've been inconvenienced. I, I went to a prayer meeting that was in the sun and I was hot. I've had to eat crunchy peanut butter on the mission field and not creamy. My air conditioner's not working in my car right now. Do you know what, how I'm suffering going to work for Jesus? <laughs> Come on, right? You go to a restaurant, they don't have Pepsi products. <laughs> my cross. 
Now, this, those are first world problems. That's not suffering. Stop drinking any Pepsi or Coke products. You'll be better off. No, I'm serious. Like, like I've never suffered. I mean, I've been kicked. I've been spit on for Jesus. I've been all those things. But that's not real suffering like this. They're getting ready to get thrown into a blazing furnace. But what you see and what you say matters. Listen, when you're in the midst of any type of suffering, what you see in Christ and what comes out of your mouth, it matters. And if you get all focused on whining and complaining, I'm telling you, your circumstances go from bad to worse. Am I right? But if you can't see what God's doing and you can't see where he's leading you and saying, you know what, I can see what God's doing and I'm going to trust him. I'm going I'm to recognize him. Listen, how many of you that give generously and sacrificially have ever been tempted not to be so generous? Thank you for your honesty. Yeah. Hello? But no, I'm standing firm in what I know is right because my God is a good God. He got me. And I'm going to continue to be generous. I'm going to continue to be sacrificial because I know this. And oh, you know, I look sometimes at, at what we're given. I'm saying, wow, do you know what we could do? I could get my air conditioner fixed. I could do this for the house. I could do that for the house. No, I'm going to give not out of obligation, but out of anticipation. See, whenever you step into something, it's not obligation that we have. It's not discipline that we have. It's an anticipation that God is going to do something. See, that's what faith is. I'm not here today out of obligation. I'm not here out of discipline. I'm here today out of anticipation that what's going to happen in your life as a result of today is what's going to happen inside of you and what's going to happen inside of God's people and what's going to happen inside of Bridge City Church to make a difference in this world. That's my anticipation. That's why we're here. And if we go through a little bit of inconvenience, we go through a little bit of inconvenience. And so here's our memory verse again, Daniel 3.17. Come on, uh, here we go. Look at it, look at it. Come on, we're going to say it out loud. Here we go. Even if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us, Daniel 3.17. Come on. Confessing the word of God over and over. So the king gets furious. I mean, he's angry. And in verse 22, and because the king in his anger had demanded a hot fire in the furnace, the flames literally killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. I mean, literally, this was most likely a coal fire, not a wood fire, most likely about 2,000 degrees, that literally the men who threw them in gave their lives. That's how hot it was. Are you tracking me here? This wasn't a little campfire, walk across the coals and burn the bottom of your shoes. Okay, this is serious here. But they fell into the flames here. 1 Peter 4.12. Oh man. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange was happening to you. Most likely, 
that when this was written and being read, there was the smell of burning flesh because Christians were being burned at the stake. If you look at history in this time, in history of the church, there were people giving their lives for the cause of Jesus Christ. And so when the apostle Peter is writing to them, he's not writing just all the fiery trials and the inconveniences. They, they, they could smell flesh of people who gave their lives. And they were really suffering for the gospel. Gives that scripture a whole new meaning. Quite frankly, and I've been pondering this all week, I don't even know if I can quote that scripture to people now knowing that. Because most of the things that we're praying for and we're believing for are just minor inconveniences to take our minds and our hearts off of God and who he is. And it's, and it's, and it's causing us to, to look at this world and all it has to offer. But I can stand firm and you can stand firm in the fiery trials. How many of you are familiar with a person named Corey Ten Boom? Boom. Very significant in, in World War II, hid Jews away. Um, the hiding place, hiding Jews, saving their lives. Very significant story. If, you, if you're not up on it, you really, you, you, I encourage you to read it and just, just read up on who she was. When she was a young girl, her dad was training her to be a martyr. Not many parents I know have that goal for their children. And she went to her dad at a very young age one point and, and said, Dad, how will I know if I have the grace to be a, to be a martyr when it comes time? And she did a lot of things that risked her life on a regular basis. Served time in a Nazi concentration camp. And her father told her a story. He says, when do I give you money for the train ticket? When do I give you the money to get on the train? She said, right before I get on the train. He said, I don't give it to you three weeks before. I give it to you when you get on the train. He says, God's grace and anointing to be a martyr will come the same way. Right before you're there, God's grace will meet you there. As long as you have stood firm in who you are in Christ, you'll be able to meet that moment with joy. I'll be honest, I, I, I pray I never have to face that. But that story brings me comfort that if I'm really in a trial, I can trust God. But even if I'm not in a major trial, giving up my life, the trials and temptations of my life right now, I can stand firm in the face of temptation to avoid suffering. Because integrity is doing what I ought to do, even if it costs you. And I will continue to do what I ought to, not out of obligation, but out of anticipation. I will continue to do what I need to do because it's right in God's eyes. He got me. You see, many people love Jesus, but they're far from God. You know what we want? We want judges on our intentions, not on our actions. We all want to judge by our intentions. 
I intend to love God. I, and God knows I love him, but I'm just going to do this one thing. God knows I love him, but I'm just going to go step over here to do this. See, many people love Jesus, but they're far from him because they really don't love him. And it's not, that they, it's not that we don't love him. We just love the world more. It's not that I don't love Jesus because I do. It's, it's that I, sometimes I just love the world more. I love the me time. I love the I need a rest time. I love some of those things just like you. I'm faced with these same temptations. I love what my flesh loves at times. And I'm embarrassed of those things. But I know that I can stand firm in who I am in Christ because every Christian can live with integrity by standing firm in these three areas that, I that I'm going to live according to who I am in Christ. And I can stand firm in the face of, how about not even just trials, but temptation. You can stand up to temptation. Is that a little better? You can relate to temptation. How many of y'all can relate to temptation? How many of y'all can relate to temptation this morning? Yeah, me. I can, and you can live victorious when we know who we are in Christ, and we can confess these things out loud. We can do this. Are you with me now? Okay, we're going to pause. It's snack time. Okay, now this is it. You're, I know you're looking here, and it's like a s'mores, and you're like, wait a minute. Uh, wait, wait, I, I, I'm not going to, um, I, 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 I can't make the s'mores. I want to let you know, you can eat your s'mores today. You can eat it raw. You can, you can do it raw. I can tell you just now. You can do it raw. Here, um, I knew what was happening, so I brought dark chocolate because it's good for your heart. Every day you got to eat your, lots of dark chocolate because it's good for your heart. And um, if you want to go low-carb s'more, you just eat one cracker. Okay, but if you want to go high-carb, it's two. Okay. How many of you aren't going to wait till you get home? You're going to eat it right now. Yeah, eat it right now. Yeah, well, don't wait. I mean, Jesus might come back. You might get ripped off. Come on. I mean, okay. There we go. Come on. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, I know y'all jealous. How many of y'all did your memory verse? <laughs> You'd be able to do this if you get your memory verse. <laughs> Whoa, look at that. This is going to be good. Okay, y'all getting a nice little snack? I think I did pretty good. <laughs> Very good. Now, again, open face or regular, you can do it. There you go. There you go. Mmm. Pretty proud of myself. <laughs> this is the first time I ever operated high tech <laughs> pyrotechnics. That's, the, that's as big as they would give me right now. Come on. Okay, it's your continuous snack time. We're going to wrap this up here. Here we go. Standing firm, expecting the greater reward. Suddenly, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar jumps up. He runs to this, runs. He looks in the furnace. He looks in the furnace and he says, oh, there's not just, did we put three in there? He says, no, there are four. Yeah, there's four and then it's like, wait a minute, one of them's like a god. God's protecting them. So here they are. They're in the furnace. There's four now. Ne King Nebuchadnezzar's like, oh. 
He says, hey, guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come on out. Come on out of there. Come on out. That's what he's saying. And, and he says, "Most of your, the God, your God protected you. Come on out. And then not only that, as they come out, he says, okay, all you haters, you ones that made fun of them, you ones that like, you, you put them in there, just let me tell you something right now. If you talk about their God, it's not going to be good for you. But unfortunately, King Nebuchadnezzar, this is probably the closest he ever got to heaven because all he did was acknowledge God. He never had faith in God. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, being in that fiery furnace, that was the closest they ever got to hell. So how close do you want to be to heaven and hell? Come on, somebody. Yeah. See, we expect a greater reward. I'm expecting a greater reward in my life, and I'm expecting a greater reward on your life. When we live with godly integrity according to who he is in this book, I'm telling you this right now, it works. Being generous and sacrificial isn't just with money, it's with a life. And when you live that way, God really does something good in you. Come on, somebody. Are you with me now? How many of y'all serve a good, good God? See, I'm expecting a greater reward. I'm gonna tell you what the greater reward is. The greater reward is I'm living for an audience of one. I'm going to live with an, for the audience of one. I'm going to live as if I'm going to stand before God because this is the fear of God. The fear of God is to love what God loves, hate what he hates, but don't stop there. It's knowing that you will stand before God and give an account for your life. When we live with the fear of God in our life, I'm telling you, God blesses us. God prospers us. And I'm living according to his design. I'm living according to his purpose. Is anybody here with me today excited about that? Come on. Come on. So this week, this day, this time, I'm not just going to live for God just a little bit. I'm telling you this. In my each and every day, I'm watching. I'm not watching you. I'm watching out for the, for, for the traps of this world. I don't want to get caught up in the traps of this world. I don't want to get caught up in the everyday life. I'm saying I want to live my life and live my purpose. I want to live my destiny because I'm expecting a greater reward because every Christian, every Christian, every Christian can live with integrity when we stand firm in these three areas. How many of you right now, right now, right where you are, are saying, I want to live knowing who I am in Christ? I want to live. Okay, then if that's you, stand to your feet. Come on, just stand to your feet. How many of y'all are saying, you know what? I can stand firm uh, in, in, in the fiery trials of the enemy. Come on, if that's you, stand to your feet. How many of you are saying, I'm going to stand firm today? I'm going to stand firm today, uh, expecting a greater reward. How many of y'all How many of y'all say, I want all three of those? Come on. How many of y'all say, I want all three? Come on. I want all three. I want all three. That's it. Come on. Come on, God. There is this great group of people right here, God, and we need help to live with godly integrity. We need help to live for you, Jesus. God, help us live according to who we are in Christ. Help us not get wrapped up this week in the world, but help us live with anticipation. Hey, God, help us live looking to you for an audience of one today, Father. God, that's what we're here for. We want to do that. Come on. Come on. Just, I don't know where you are with God right now. I don't know. I don't know if you're like a hand raiser or not a hand raiser, but um, I just want you to, if, if, if just go a little further than you ever do, go, than you're normal. Come on. Just, this is just the universal sign of surrender. God, I just want to surrender to you, Lord. God, I just want to surrender because you're such a good God. God, help me. Just in your words, your words right now, just say, God, help me this week. Just in your words, say, God, help me this week. 
Just help me this week live for you and not myself. That's it, just in your words. Just God, help me live for you and not myself. Help me live with godly integrity. Mark my life, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you're here today and uh, you have acknowledged God, and you might even say you love God, but you've never transferred your trust and you're not standing firm on what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you as the only way to heaven, as the only way to heaven, I want to offer you a relationship with a living God today. That's what I want to offer you. And, 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 and listen, you could be in church for years and not be a follower of Jesus. If you don't have a day, a moment, or a time when you transferred your trust off of you and on to Jesus, Jesus, forgive me of my sin, and then take the next step, Jesus, I want you to be in charge of my life. I want you to call the shots. That's the second part of that prayer. And if that's you today, and maybe you did it a long time ago, but you're living your own life according to the world standards, not God's, I wanna welcome you home today. I wanna welcome you home today. And so if you're here today and you don't have a day, a moment or time, or you did, but you're saying, today's my day to re-up, I just want you to be really bold and really joyful out of anticipation and just say, that's me today. Can I pray for you just right where you are? Just slip up your hand if there's anybody here today. Anybody at all, just slip up your hand saying, that's me today. Anybody at all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just That's it. Come on. Anybody else? Thank you, God. If you did um, slip up your hand in any way, somebody may come up to you and just say, hey, can I pray for you? And they just want to treat you with dignity and respect and care for you because we don't just want you to be a face in the crowd. You have a name that's vital and in, 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 in to Jesus. Amen? Amen? So God, help us live with integrity this week. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Just stay standing just for a second here. Wow. How many of y'all heard God today? How many of you are excited about Jesus now? Come on. Come on, somebody. And um, hey, we have the awesome opportunity. There's some uh, people that are, I'm so proud of, I'm so proud of our student ministry. We have um, seven people from this campus going to the Buffalo Dream Center for a mission trip. Six of them are here today. If you're on that trip, can you run up here right now? Run, 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 run. You're young. You can run. Whatever you do, do quickly. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. One, two, three, four. Where's the six? Oh, there's a six. I knew there was a fourth one in the crowd. Yeah. Aren't you proud of young people that are willing to give up a whole week of their summer? Come on. And uh, so remember, next Sunday, early in the morning, they're going to go to Buffalo, New York, work in the, and, and Buffalo is like the third poorest city in the United States. They're going to be on the streets. They're going to be inconvenienced. They're going to have to eat crunchy peanut butter when they want creamy. I, and I'm praying that they're inconvenienced in every way possible because that's where you find Jesus. Come on, somebody. And so we're going to pray for them. Pastor Eric, could you come up here? And um, let me pray. Um, come on, that's it. Come on down. Yeah. Come on. If, if any of these people, you like them, you can come up. Come up here, all the way up here. Come on. Come on. Go up the steps if you want. You don't have to. That's it. 
Come on, aren't you proud of young people? See, this ties into the message. They have integrity. And my heart is that we're going to send every young person on mission trips. That's my heart. We got to. It's a vital. And so what we're going to do as we as a church, what we do in times like this, we pray over those who are going out and their mission trip isn't complete until they come back and give a report and tell us what happened, what God did in their lives, what God did with them. And you're going to pray for them too. Amen? Amen? Amen. Even if you don't know their name, take a picture. Take a picture and put it on your, your phone. Hallelujah. So I'm going to lead us in prayer and we're going to believe God. So church, let's pray. Come on. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, for each and every one of these mighty men and these mighty women of God, Lord God. God, I thank you for each and every one of them. I pray, Father, that you're going to do a work so deep in their hearts, Lord God, as they stand firm in who they are in Christ, as they stand firm, Lord God, in the temptations and and even some of the minor irritations, Lord God. And Lord God, I pray, Father, that you're going to do a work in their hearts, that they would be able to stand firm in expecting the greater reward. So God, we as a church right now affirm them that they are men and women of God. They belong to God completely and fully, and they will complete the assignment in which you've given them to do. You will complete it and, and, and from, from the moment they leave to the moment they come back, Lord God. And Lord God, let what they do matter for eternity, Father. Let it matter. Let heaven get bigger and hell smaller as a result of their lives. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give God a great big hand. Thank you. You're all released. You can be seated. And uh, hey, y'all can be seated. Pastor Eric's going to come up and close us up here.